Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Garrett Yerman, who is a digital marketing and software architecture specialist, um, and he specializes in creating custom applications for companies to include in their business intelligence suites. So Garrett, thank you very much for coming on. How are you doing today? Hey there, I am doing great. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you better and uh, talking about uh, business and life and all that good stuff. Perfect. Well, I'm looking forward to that as well. So what I'd love for you to then just start us off with is give us a little bit of background on who you are and, and how you got uh, into the work that you're doing right now. Um, so I think just to frame all of this, um, I wasn't born in this country. I was actually born in Odessa. Uh, so coming here, like in the early 90s, I think it's always like shaped my worldview in a different way than somebody who was born here. Uh, so having immigrant parents kind of, um, I don't know, coming up versus, you know, being born into, uh, I think has shaped my worldview in a very positive way um, in this sense. Uh, from a really young age, I got a computer and I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is really cool. My life is going to be intrinsically linked with these machines and the internet. Um, you know, we I got the AOL discs, the, the time-limited ones, and from the beginning, I was fascinated uh, with this technology. Fast forwarding a bit, I always knew that school wasn't for me from a very early age. I was pretty much the worst student, just the worst student. And I knew intrinsically that I was wasting my time, that the system that I was being trained in wasn't going to teach me how to make money, uh, which I intrinsically knew was the most important thing. Um, making money as a man, uh, even like back in high school, I, I knew on a deep level was fundamentally what I needed to do to be a successful person. Uh, so kind of fast forwarding a bit. Uh, when I was 16, I started making websites for just small businesses that I kind of connected with. Um, right out of high school, I actually graduated early and uh, started working for a startup um, and fortunately found a great mentor that really helped me understand what it means to create an interesting idea to communicate the value proposition 
and to develop a piece of software around that value proposition. So from a very early age, I pretty much started working in uh, either software or marketing, and that has served me very well. Uh, you know, 2022, those are some pretty valuable skills. Uh, and just over that career, I've worked with some really smart people. And the thing that's probably the most valuable thing is working with smart people who have their life together, who are making money and learning what they do and replicating their success. That That's what I found to be uh, like, as far as like mentorship, as far as like being a, a successful person, more so than anything else, um, seeing successful people and replicating what they've done to become successful is pretty much the best way of making money and being a successful person that I've found. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my intro. Beautiful. Love it. And I think, uh, th there's a lot of cool layers in it. I mean, I just, that I can relate to as far as like my own story, like same idea. I wasn't born, uh, in Canada immigrated around the early nineties as well. Like I also remember those early stages of like, getting the internet and then somebody picks up the phone and then like it screws up your internet yeah. and like, all, <laughs> you know, all that fun stuff that seems yeah. like such a weird uh, thing uh, nowadays. So I, I get that completely. And uh, the, the through line for me, like when you were talking, like the connecting piece of it was like, you just like, you had a good sense of self with regards to like, you know, school's not really for me. I don't, I don't see the value of what they're teaching me here yet there's people out there living the kind of life that I want to live. And then it's just like following the breadcrumbs uh, that lead to whatever the next thing is. Um, so that's kind of what stood out for me. So I'd love for you to just, you know, comment or, or add to that. Um, which part specifically about observing other people and the life that they're living? Is that? Yeah. Like to me, it, it kind of sounds like, okay, well, the, the traditional path wasn't for me. Right. So what I recognize then is like, I need an alternative perspective with regards <clears throat> to where it is that I got to go. And I know we right. didn't get into the full story, but it just seemed like it went from the natural progression of like, Ooh, look, like this is interesting. This looks better. This person, um, you know, has a good idea of something that, that I wanted to model. And that's kind of what led you forward through it. So that that's what from the outside looking in, I was able to connect to. Yeah, well, you know, you see a lot of people in life and there's people that you think to yourself, well, um, their life sucks and I want my life to look nothing like theirs. Uh, this is what I'm going to flee. And I think in the back of my mind, seeing people who went to work nine to five, just kind of lived life in this almost like plugged into the matrix type of idea. And they... Uh, work until they need to retire and then the government will take care of them. So that's like one path that I saw. And I was like, this is complete bull. And this is the absolute worst way to live your life. Um, and I don't want that. And then on the other side, you see the entrepreneur who creates something valuable, doesn't exchange their time for money, and instead sells a product that fills a gap in the market. And I very clearly uh, knew that I wanted to to be the latter. And um, 
you know, I've definitely haven't been successful in every single venture that I've touched. Um, I think just a natural part of uh, becoming the best version of yourself is failing <laughs> with uh, various things that I've tried. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of a, a part of the journey. Uh, so yes, you know, there is somebody that I don't want to be like, and there's somebody that I do want to be like. Um, but what it comes down to is each person has their own and unique journey. And I, I kind of have this idea uh, that I've been forming in the back of my mind, which is uh, more than anything, what I want to be is the architect of my own existence, which is being intentional about laying out what I want my life to be like, and then actually creating a plan to achieve that life, you know, creating a list of things that I actually need to do to make that happen. And, um, yeah, that, that's that's been the journey of my life, <laughs> creating a bunch of different lists. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. So, I mean, that's a perfect segue into then, you know, exploring what this podcast is about and, and what my work is about, which is really using the business as a vehicle to explore the human behind the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, what... Like, what do you feel like resonates with you to bring to this container here today? As far as the human behind the entrepreneur, um, I think there's a really human element to failure uh, in general. And what we see is people's success, right? When we um, look at various people on LinkedIn or even social media, there is a curated experience that we're fed so that our opinion is shaped about somebody based on, you know, nobody broadcasts, broadcasts their failures because it's embarrassing, right? But uh, as I'm sure you know, being somebody probably who owns a business is um, part of that journey is failure. And like, I don't know if it's being more open about your failure, but at the very least, uh, talking about and exploring the things that you've done in the past that weren't, that didn't lead to success, that you can change so that in the future you don't repeat the same mistake. Um, so just this idea about um, using your failures as a stepping stool to your success versus just, I don't know, ignoring, hiding, uh, being ashamed of the, the various things that you try that don't necessarily work. So agreed uh, on all fronts. And what I would then add to that or work from that is like what's happening in your business right now that is a challenge of yours mm. that you are looking to fix and or explore yourself through? Mm. I don't know if it's fix, but um, I would say that when you create a piece of software and you communicate that value proposition to uh, your target market, uh, it's always challenging figuring out which channel you want to focus on because there are so many different things that you can potentially do. Um, I think that 
like the worst thing that you can do is try to do all of them because you're gonna do a bad job trying to do everything uh if versus focusing in on one model and making that one model work and actually that's kind of something that i keep going back to where how long do you spend like in a particular channel before trying a different one how many different iterations do you go through as far as like split, split testing different ideas like one thing i mentioned earlier in the conversation was cold emails uh, and that's actually the area that i'm focusing on the one area where it's like okay uh, this seems to be working um i want to invest my time and effort talking to the smartest cold email individuals who and, and there's like different people there's like the people that write the emails and then there's the people that are just really good at honing in those systems that are sending out the emails that are giving me the ability to test like two different emails or two different sets of emails where was i going with this um The challenge is selling more of my product, right? Because I have a business that is infinitely scalable. That is the beautiful thing about software. Uh, but the wall that you hit is uh, taking that and communicating it to the the person that would uh, that it would be valuable to. So currently, I found that cold email is the best way to get my value proposition uh, in front of people. Uh, but it's still like uh, a challenge figuring out, hey, what is going to give me the best response rate? What is like the best set of um, like when somebody gives you a objection, uh, how can you counter that objection? Like what's the objection that keeps coming up the most? Uh, how can I have like a really good answer to that? Uh, so I would say that that is my biggest thing like thing to overcome uh currently and yeah it's 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 been a fun challenge beautiful so you have a very good sense of self-awareness around you know what what are all the moving pieces of this problem what are all the areas that i can you know nitpick and figure out where's the problem you know where's the solution it all sounds great I'm like, yeah, okay, that that all makes sense. So if you could articulate the problem like in one sentence, like what's the actual problem? <clears throat> Getting more customers to use my software, more customers, more money, more money, more success. Like I think that's I don't I wouldn't call that necessarily a problem. Uh it's just like the next hurdle to overcome after, you know, refining all the bugs, making sure the experience is great, delivering, validating the idea, uh, having success with my current customers. Uh, that just seems to be kind of like the natural um, flow of, of the business and, um, and whatnot. And I agree with you, right? Like that's, it's a combination of like both observations and desires and not really like a core problem and fundamentally, yeah, all, all, all businesses, all of us. Yeah. We, you want more money, you want more customers, like the, 
morbid is always going to be there. So if you invert that and instead of looking at, okay, so what is it that I want more of? What is it that I desire more of? Mm -hmm. Do you have clarity on what it is that you actually want? Hmm. At a base level, it's money because money gives you options. When you have money in the bank, that gives you a longer runway, that gives you the ability to hire more people, uh, that gives you the ability to become more successful in your ventures. Um, yeah, so I think at a very core level, it's money. And actually, like taking it back to a very human level, uh, money is the most important thing. Like whatever you want to accomplish in life, all of it can be done better if you have money. For example, um, you want to get fit. Well, if you have money, you can work less, right? So you can focus more time on getting personally healthy. Um, you want great relationships. Well, again, uh, if you have money, uh, you can help the people that are in your life solve their problems. Uh, you can have more of your time to give to them so that you can enjoy each other more, right? Money is intrinsically tied to your time, right? So the more of your time you can um, almost redeem, I think the happier version of your existence you're going to have versus having to exchange your time for money each and every day. So if I reflect what I heard back from you there, what you actually desire is more time and the path with which you see to get more time is with more money. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So if what you desire is more time, is it really true that the only way to get it is with more money? So let me change that a little bit. It's not that I desire more time because we all have the same amount of time. It's that I want my time to be more directed by myself as far as having the autonomy to choose what I do with my time on a daily basis. Okay. And, and right currently, now, currently my time is taken up pretty much exclusively in the pursuit of money. Okay. But the difference is it's like somebody asking you to take out the garbage versus taking out the garbage. Th does that make sense? The, the paradigm shift there. One is a have to, the other is a get to. At some point, when you reach a certain amount of cash flow, it's a get to. It's a, I'm going to choose to take out the garbage because I like taking out the garbage versus I have to take out the garbage because I need to pay for all this stuff. Does that make sense? It does. So then when you get there and you have the ability to allocate your time more consciously, what would you allocate your time to?
probably developing better relationships. Because okay. I think that's most likely the thing that gets sacrificed, like first. And this would be romantic, friendship, networking, all of the above. All, all of those things. I think um, just in general, that is an area that I can do better in life in. Um, I'm a very independent person who doesn't really need people. Uh, in the sense, I don't need people to do stuff. You know, I can hire people to do the things that I uh, need to do, like on a professional level, but I don't really need uh, people, or at least I have that perception about myself. But, um, you know, if I'm stepping out of myself for a moment, uh, I think I can probably be a better version of myself, though, if I were to allocate more of my time into... Uh, just the relationships in my life in general and um, just making them better by investing more time into them, essentially. Got it. So I'll reflect back to you from the outside looking in, like patterns that I see in that, right? So you started this conversation by stating, well, very early on, I recognized that making money and especially making money as a man was like the, the main thing. Like that was my ticket out or towards a better life, right? Yeah. Similarly, I see now the pursuit of money as super important because it is the choice multiplier. It, it is the thing that's going to give me the choices to allocate my time towards things that I want more of, while at the same time holding the perspective that I don't really need people like i i'm independent there's tasks i don't want to do i can hire them out but ultimately like I, i'm there's a very like lone wolf type of energy so the through line amongst all of those is right now the pursuit of money is actually confirming the lone wolf energy and the more you pursue the money, the further away from the thing you actually want, you get, right? Because it's only an assumption that if I make more money, I'm going to have more time to allocate to the relationships where there could also exist a way to invest in relationships, which money can't buy before or during or while you are actually making money. So what lands for you from that? I think coming back to this idea that I was presenting earlier, where fundamentally money gives you the ability to accomplish whatever goals that you're trying to accomplish better. And I would make the argument that by having money, you're able to bring something to the relationship that frames it in the way that I want it to be framed. I do not want to frame a relationship with somebody where I am the dependent in none of my relationships, in any of my relationships, in every single relationship that I want to meaningfully um, pursue. My money is like the most important thing that I bring. 
And here's how. By bringing money, you enable a certain type of experience with that person. And that's the frame that I want to experience people with. Like th th there's this idea, like let's say you are wanting to form a business relationship with someone and you come up to them and you're like, yeah, you seem interesting. We should just hang out and see where it goes. Okay. Um, that person's probably not going to take you seriously versus um, pulling up in your nice car, right? Say you're driving a Lambo and you say, hey, I'm going to go to this show uh, where everybody who also has Lambos, uh, where we go and we, we talk to each other and we talk about cool stuff. Do you want to come with me? In one scenario, you're saying, hey, let's hang out. That doesn't really bring any value. So the person who is a high value person that I want to spend time with is probably not going to give me their time because I'm not bringing anything to the table. However, in the other scenario where I'm pulling up in a nice car and giving them an opportunity saying, hey, I'm going to introduce you to my high net worth friends. The latter is the scenario that I want to create for myself as far as my pursuit in creating relationships. And here's the reality of the life that we live. Money speaks louder than anything else. And the business world is one of those places where that is very obvious. Uh, another place where that's very obvious, obvious is in the sexual marketplace, uh, in your relationships with women. Like those two things as a man uh, are pretty much the on a biological level, um, the two most important types of relationships that you're going to have in your life. And think about the frame that you set when you come as a person who has money, who has network and connections versus a person who just comes, who's offering their time. I think those are two completely different. You're going to have two completely different experiences as a man. Uh, one just coming with your time and your great attitude. The other one being uh, as somebody who is an affluent person who has connections. So I, I don't know if I explained that very well, um, but that just kind of gives you a, a bit of insight into at least my mind. Uh, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. And my reflection back would be like nothing says beautiful, genuine, unconditional relationship like saying yes to the Lambo, your network, or the amount of money you have. Say that one more time. I don't think I understand. So what kind of relationship do you want with people or with a mate or like an intimate relationship? What type of relationship do I want with? What qualities of a relationship do you desire? How about you answer that question? And that will help me answer it in a, in a better way. Because I, I don't think I understand what you're looking for. But I think if you were to answer it, it would help me understand what you're looking for. So why do you think me as a stranger on the internet would know the first thing about what you value in a relationship? Well, I'm trying to understand what you value in a relationship so that it helps me answer the question better. Like I want to answer the question as, as genuinely as I can. 
Um, and I think by you answering the question, it'll help me do that. Sure. So what I'm seeing right now is if you rewind back what you spoke about earlier, what you value in a relationship is the transactional things. So if somebody approached me and said, hey, do you want to hang out? I'm like, that's pretty uh, not a good use of my time. But if I was able to offer a Lambo, high network friends uh, status, then that would be worth my time. So from the outside looking in, there's a strong perception that what you value are things that come from money, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. When I ask you, however, or when I reflect back to you, nothing says genuine, vulnerable, intimate relationship, like one that's based on money. Your brain didn't really have a easy time computing that. Similarly, when I ask you to define something that's extremely personal, like what do I value in a relationship? It, mm -hmm. it also kind of draws a blank, yet it's very articulate well, it's a in very breaking vague... down the, just say, transactional elements of a relationship. The question of what you value in a relationship is is a very vague question. There's a bunch of different types of relationships that we have. You know, there's a relationship with a woman. There is a professional relationship. There's the relationship that you have with your kids. All of those are vastly different as far as like how you approach those things, what you value in those things. Like if I were to answer it on a professional level, uh, there's this idea that you will become what your five closest friends are just by spending time with them. That That's who you will become. So I want to invest my time into people that I value because I almost like want to become like them in a sense. Uh, you know, I want to invest my time, energy, and effort into individuals who I almost aspire to be like. Um, I don't want to waste my time with individuals who are going to make me a worse version of myself. And I, I suppose some people will look at that and be like, well, that's a selfish way to look at life. Um, I don't know. I think that's a realistic way of looking at life. If you want to be a successful, the most successful version of yourself, you need to surround yourself with people that you respect, admire, uh, that, that are even more successful than you are. Uh, since I, I think something that defines a man is the value that he brings to the world. And ultimately, the more value that you bring to the world, the more successful you will be. So I want to surround myself with people, with men, specifically who bring insane amounts of value to the world. And that makes it so that I need to bring an insane amount of value to the world as well. And do you have any value outside of your bank account or status? I mean, in in what setting? In a professional setting? You know, to who? Value to who? In you inherently outside of your bank account. I mean, absolutely. We well, we all have an inherent value as as humans, as living conscious beings. 
And how would you articulate that about yourself? I mean, I, I think I just, I just did like as well, you articulate it as all human beings. How would you articulate it as like me? So I'm Gara. This is my inherent value outside of my bank account. I intrinsically link my own value to my my success and my ability to bring value to the world. If I am a man who doesn't bring any value to anyone, um, I, I don't think I'm fulfilling my purpose. And I don't know if I should uh, attribute value to myself if I don't bring any any value to the world. Now, again, Everybody has value in the sense of the intrinsic value as a human that's alive. Uh, but I choose to have a higher calling on myself than just breathing and eating. Um, you know, I, I want, I, I call myself to a higher level than that. Fair. And fundamentally, I have nothing against achievement. I think striving for it is a beautiful thing. What I'm inviting you to consider here is the black and white nature of your answer and how potentially fragile it could be. Because mm -hmm. if, on the one hand, I'm either just a eating, breathing animal, and there's some inherent value in existing, or I am the highest possible achievement of what I can be, which also begs the question of then how high is high enough, Mm. But in between exists nothing. And I also can't articulate who I am without my bank account. Then the only logical extension of that is how good I feel about myself, my place in the world is directly tied to the amount I have in my bank account. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. It's an invitation to consider whether that's a fragile way to live or not. I think the in-between is mediocrity. And I don't want to create any excuse for myself to be mediocre because I don't think there's any room, at least for me, to approach life with mediocrity as the goal. I choose to attribute my value to my success because it enables me to become a better version of myself. And I don't think that's fragility. I think that is like grit. Uh, I think there's a uh, element of, um, I don't know, overcoming and not being satisfied with the status quo. And I think that has only helped me become a better version of myself versus just being like, eh, I guess I'm all right in this in-between. And yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just, you know, watch another night of Netflix or whatever. Uh, I, I think that leaves room in my own brain for compromise. And why would I do that? that that's not going to create the best version of myself. So why would I uh, give myself that disability? You're right. And it brings it full circle to then the most important thing is money. 
So I'm yeah. going to continue chasing money so that hopefully one day I'll have enough so that I could then try and have an intimate, fulfilling relationship. Yeah. And not to say that I don't have any intimate and fulfilling relationships. I I do. Um, I just identify that the quality of your existence is very much so measured by the quality of relationships that you have in your life. And it doesn't need to be a ton of different people, but like the value of having people in your life that are aggressively for you. Uh, I don't think there's anything quite like that as far as like the human experience goes. Uh, people that want your success regardless of your performance. Uh, and, you know, there aren't a lot of people like that, but I definitely have uh, a few of those people in my life. And I think that enables me to have a really solid base to be the best version of myself. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like nothing is going to be better than unconditional like support and an unconditional love. Yeah. I yeah, think the hear, hear me out though. No man is unconditionally loved. Every single man is loved based on his performance. And I think if somebody is telling you otherwise, they're lying to you. Even your parents at a fundamental level want you to be a successful version of yourself. If you are not bringing value to the world, they are not going to unconditionally love you. And if you stretch that out to all of the other professional romantic relationships, as men, we are fundamentally valued by the value that we bring. Money being those things that are at the top. There's a few other things there as well, but money is like, I think trying to tell a different narrative just isn't being honest about the reality of the world. So if tomorrow you lost the ability to generate money, by that definition, you're unlovable. I wouldn't say that I'm unlovable. It's that... Well, you have no inherent value. You can't bring money into the world. You can't perform. You can't be more successful. I, I didn't say that you have no inherent value. I'm, I'm not insinuating that at all. I think all humans have inherent value uh, because of the things that we've talked about. What I'm talking about is how your the people in your life see you and value you. If you go from making six figures in a successful business, uh, the people around you are going to be like, man, this guy is awesome. Uh, I feel uh, pride that I have such a person in my life versus if you lose your job, lose your business, and then you move into your mom's basement and you eat Cheetos and play Halo 2 every night the value that you're bringing to the world is, you know, has a meltdown. Not that you have no value, that that's an extreme, but as a man, no one is going to respect you. You're not going to take any hot girls out on a date. They, they won't even consider you. Um, no business partner is going to take you seriously if you come 
with a Cheeto stain shirt on. Uh, that's just not how the world that we live in works. Uh, and that, that's the case that I'm making here. Um, it seems like in our conversation, you're going like from one to the extreme, like no value. Uh, that, that's not the case that I'm making. I'm saying that as a man, you're valued by the value that you bring to the world. Right. And all of your actions at this point prove it. Hopefully that's good. <laughs> yeah. This at the end of the day, like I, you get to live your life how you want to live it. I'm just here like reflecting back to you things that I hear mm -hmm. and it's irrelevant whether I agree with them, don't agree with them, semi agree with them. Like that's secondary to what your experience is. Right. So the reason that I bring up these invitations is playing the game of having your value tied to the amount of money you have in your bank account, being confused when you're clearly a very smart guy as to how to answer the question, what do I value in relationship and who am I outside of money? That's the fragility that I'm talking mm -hmm. about. It's not the fragility that's going to lead you to eat Cheetos and play Halo 2. Yeah. I don't see you as that type at all. I see you as a high achieving person that wants big things for themselves, which is a beautiful thing. However, it is the intent behind those. And the intent mm -hmm. that I hear behind those is inherently, I am looking for success to fill a deep seated need within me to be valuable. And what I'm inviting you to consider is what would happen if you stretch the definition of valuable, not to be defined by success, but to actually be broadly defined by who you are, what you want, what value you bring outside of your wallet and include success in that, that I think is going to open up the possibility for you to explore the fact that you can have relationships in your life that want to be with you regardless of how much money you have, the status you have, the network you have, because the fact that you're looking for relationships and the way that you think the path is towards those relationships is through money, that is a slippery, dangerous slope to play because it is one fundamentally based in the wrong thing. So we can agree, disagree, we can do whatever. That's just the invitation that I leave you to either take or be like, fuck it, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> Who gives a crap, you know? Yeah, um, hear, but that's the part I that I just want to reflect back. I hear what you're saying. And I want to speak to one thing that you said uh, when you asked me, oh, you know, so what value uh, outside of money do you bring? I think that is an uncomfortable question for me because pretty yep. much what you're asking me to do is qualify myself. And that is something that I never want to do in my life. I never want to put myself in a position where I have to qualify anything to anybody, 
right? So like, I know that we're on this podcast and, you know, we're asking questions, we're having fun, but that specific question is pretty much saying, okay, Gara, qualify yourself to me. And I think on a fundamental level, I just don't want to do that for anybody in any context. Um, so, you, you know, you mentioned, hey, you had a hard time answering that question. I just don't like qualifying myself because I don't feel like I need to qualify myself. I think my value is communicated through my actions and the way that I speak versus having to like go through a list and say, hey, here's why you should value me, whether it's for my money or not for my money. Um, so just that paradigm in general. And I, I hear what you're saying, uh, you know, money is a slippery slope, but I want to challenge you in regards to that. Like this message that we hear, which is money isn't the most important thing, I think is actually a more destructive message than money is a slippery slope. Because in reality, at least what I observe is unless you understand that money is actually the most important thing, especially as a man in the marketplace that we live in today, you're going to live your life working a nine to five until you're too old to have fun or enjoy your life. And then maybe you'll get a retirement. Probably not. By the time me and you are 60, uh, our pensions will not be funded. Look at what's currently going on in the uh, the systems that we live in. As a man, there is nobody coming to your rescue. No one is going to take care of you. And if you believe the lie that they are, you are setting yourself up for the worst version of the male experience. However, if you accept the reality that money is actually the most important thing, you can create a plan to obtain that money so that you can have the options to create the life that you want for yourself. And I would say that 99% of the population is going to be stuck in the matrix, believe the lie that money isn't the most important thing, and live a mediocre life that sucks, really, the 1% will unplug from that system, realize that obtaining money is the most important thing, and actually have a boss-ass life that they enjoy and appreciate. So that's what I would say to that. Yeah, and actually, I agree with like pretty much all of that um, as far as like defining your experience by how you want to live it knowing that money is a choice uh, multiplier. So yeah, in that sense, uh, we're definitely on the same page. Um, but yeah, in that case, I just want to wrap this up because we are uh, approaching time. So why don't you just let everybody know uh, where to find you, who's the best person to find you, floor is yours for that. Uh, sure, you can just find me on my website, there's a piece of software that I put together. It's called 57 Seconds. If you type in y57.com, you'll kind of see what that software is all about. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about me in general, uh, you can just actually type in my last name, which is Y-E-R-E-M dot I-N, which is Indian Ocean, <laughs> in case you're wondering. 
Um, and that's just kind of like my website that talks about who I've worked with in the past, uh, the cool various projects that I'm working on. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm all about, making money. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, uh, listen, we'll include all that in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for coming on, uh, presenting your viewpoints and all of that. I think it was an interesting conversation. And uh, for everybody else listening, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for your thought-provoking questions. <laughs>